it's not even, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, I was training for American Ninja Warrior and I tweaked my neck. But just rolling out of bed Sunday morning is not, shouldn't be a thing where you where you tweak your neck. This is the you second I mean? time you brought your neck up. I mean, is it that big of a deal? Are you, are you being dramatic or is this like a real issue? Are you no, on- I'm in... I'm very uncomfortable and in and in pain. Uh, I, this happens every few months to me, so I'm used to it, and it will get better. But I just wanted you to know, like, there was actually a very good chance that right now you guys would be seeing me as we do this Zoom meeting. Um, you know, we're recording remotely. That I would have been just literally laying flat on my back. Well, don't turn your head. Well, too don't, fast. don't get me excited, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. We are. Uh, we're remote again. We're 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 playing it safe as um, you know, Smitty and Tyler are spreading diseases all about town. Yep. Um, that you guys are just like plague rats. Um, I know. From from you know the uh, the middle uh, not in the Middle Ages. What am I saying? Middle Earth. Medieval the times. Middle Earth. It was like fourteen hundreds. I think you're looking was for. It really? uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Not like Lord of the Rings. That's not what I meant. Middle I said, uh, middle, middle child syndrome is what you're looking for. <laughs> But so we are, we're remote. We're not in the Woos Media Studios. Um, but that's the fun part about this podcast is that even still, yeah, sure. The, the sound quality may not be quite as good as when we're in the studio, but boys, I mean, nothing else is going to change. We have a great show. We're breaking down uh, week threes, college football games. Uh, we're, we're bringing back some awesome segments that our loyal listeners will love. We're doing Tyler's outdated movie review. Yes, we are. Uh, for the Princess Bride. Uh, we've got some. I, I prepared some trivia questions for you guys. We're doing trivia time, oh and uh, and all that before you know we get to uh, week three's games. Uh, and I'm actually really excited for the board this weekend, and I'm hoping that we get more than one bet board, Tyler. Honestly, I think we will. I'm uh, ready to go with my best bets. I'm not forcing anything like always, but I think I have two that I know we're going to be on the opposite side of. I had. Did you avoid? Um, or, or the real question, I guess, is did I avoid rat poison from my win over the weekend? Because that's, as we know, that's Nick Saban's favorite term for when the the news is is uh, praising Alabama football. He wants his players to avoid rat poison. Actually, yes. Sark said that. He invoked Nick Saban and said the Longhorns have to avoid rat poison after their loss to Alabama. Um, I'm trying to avoid the rat poison as well after my bet board victory over over you last weekend. It was a big victory, Will. You're on the right track. You're back on the way. A huge on victory. And we got we're we're bringing back Smitty's picks. I don't know what happened the last two weeks where where I totally spaced it, but we're we're including Smitty's picks in this week's breakdown as well. Oh, so oh good. I'm, That's great. I'm super excited about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Smitty no, was, it was actually, a blessing as far as that goes. Last year, Smitty was hot. I feel like I feel he like was. you're. Yes. He was hot because he was by the grill the whole time, Fry and Ryan, but he was hot because of his yeah. picks as well. So <laughs> he was hot in both Yeah, what's everyone, what's everyone eating? Uh, you know, what's your plan for, for tonight, for dinner? Uh, I'm not sure. I've, I've been still getting a little bland off of the COVID, so I don't know. Um, I might just go mm-hmm. like soup and sandwich tonight, you know? Soup and sandwich. Yeah. I'm a big like soup and grilled cheese kind of guy personally, yeah. but yeah. you know what? Tonight, tonight actually feels like... Uh, feels like a Chick Fil A night. So I'm, oh, I'm, that's nice. That's where I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going uh, recording this podcast. Okay. I'm going red beans and rice and some uh, some turkey sausage. Uh, turkey See, sausage. Again, I love you, uh, Smitty, and I love turkey, but I I'll never condone the turkey sausage. I know it's healthier and it still tastes good. Dude, the only reason I do it is because I have gout. Only reason. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So now I feel bad. I forgot that. <laughs> I will. forgot that I will. you have because because if I eat regular sausage, my foot blows up. 
Well, Still might be worth it. Pork sausage <laughs> might be worth a foot blowing up. Um, <laughs> not a lot of uh, not a lot of college football news to cover uh, from you know, but between Monday and our show, obviously we talked about Scott Frost getting fired when we re- recapped last weekend's games. Uh, they did announce that Mickey Joseph is going to be the interim head coach. Now I know he played there, but I don't know actually what his title was on the staff before uh, being named interim head coach. Does anyone know that? I've no it's, idea. It's, no. That's a strange name to me, Mickey Joseph. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know what to make of it. It sounds like a made up name that like someone just where they grabbed two names out of a hat and they came out with Mickey Joseph. Yeah. Two so, first they, names. So, so it's Vance Joseph's brother. No way. Yeah. So, but I think it's just Vance Joseph. If you look at him, they look identical. Interesting. <laughs> and he just went under a different name. Vance and Mickey. I mean, what are their parents doing if those are the names <laughs> they're given to their kids? I'm thinking um, Vance was first. Do you think Mickey is like a nickname and his real name is like Michael or something like Probably. that? Or do you think his actual name is Mickey? Or they're big Disney fans. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, Tyler's a big Disney fan, actually, just yeah. to bring that up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I am, too. I, I love kid, Disney. Captain Hook. <laughs> Captain Hook. Actually, that's not a bad name for like a sports better. <laughs> Captain Hook, right? Get the hook. Yeah, that's good. For a what? Like, like a sports better, like a pro sports better who like sells picks. Captain Hook, right? Because like the hook. <laughs> Captain Hook's luck of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, before before we do uh, break down the games, um, you know, Tyler, should we just start off with your outdated movie review for, yeah, for yeah. Princess Bride? Yeah, I'm I actually watched- very eager to hear this. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I watched Princess Bride. Uh, for those who don't know, I I was never the biggest movie watcher in my heyday, so there's a lot of movies that just passed right by me in the 90s, 2000s, so I go back, watch some of the classics, and review them. Uh, Princess Bride, I watched last week, and to wrap everything up in a couple words, it fucking sucked. I was <laughs> bored. It was The story was terrible. It went nowhere. I had to stop multiple times and ask uh, my fiance, I was like, can we fast forward? I'm. This is utterly boring. <laughs> oh, I, no. This is so beyond boring. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. I liked the actors, and it. it was the actor from uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? Was the, yeah, Carrie yeah. Elwes, yeah. or however I, you pronounce I, it. it. So initially, when I saw that he was on the screen, because I didn't know anything about the movie, when I saw he was one of the actors on the, whatever it is, like the picture they show you before the I was like, oh, awesome, I love this dude. So I went and right. actually open-minded, and uh, real slow. I thought it was going to be more of a comedy. I thought it was going to be more more funny. It was. It, it is a it, comedy. Well, my God, if you want to call it one, I don't want to see what that guy's... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see that guy's sense of humor on stage. My God. Look, <laughs> it had funny parts, for sure. And like little... Andre I like the, the Giant, dude. Yeah. I, uh, great. Andre the Giant was in it. Like, look... I'm not what saying, did he provide? I'm not But... I'm not saying that I'm. I'm not trying to rip on this. I actually went in hoping I'd like it. it I, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was boring. Uh, the story wasn't good. No comedy at all. The whole. I remember the one scene. Well, if you poison yours and then then you'd switch it, right? That, that, I remember that scene. I, I think I saw that like on YouTube or something a while ago. And I remember that being actually a lot funnier than than it was. And I just kept my. I just kept going. What is it? And I know it's a children's story. Like that's the point of the whole thing. He's reading. The, the 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 fantasy book right. to that kid so right when there's like the oversized rats and she's falling on the stuff yeah it was a little like like okay are they just manufacturing stuff here but it was a children's story <laughs> within that so it kind of worked but it wasn't good i don't recommend it i thought it was a boring lame movie a way overrated way overrated probably for probably for 
kids. That's probably what it's for. If you're hooked in if you're younger. Uh, I'm going to give it swords because there was some sword fighting in there. I'm going to give it 4.8 <laughs> out of 10 or 48 out of 100 swords. Under the 500 threshold, uh, 4.8 out of 10. So here's what I'll say. Normally, if, if you trash like a movie that I love, I think I'd be deeply offended. But I was worried going in because what I will give you credit for is like when it comes to movies like this, um, you're right. If this is a movie that came out today, everyone would hate it. If, but what what I love about it, what everyone else loves about it is like the nostalgia of it. Like, yeah, you saw it when you were younger. Or you saw it right. back when it came out, when, when comedies were like that. So how about and for so, my next movie? Give me like a real all-time classic here. By the way, the misogyny <laughs> in this movie and like the, 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 the like the. My, yeah, are, look, are you canceling what, what, the what Princess Bride? I know it was made like the late 70s. And there's just this part where she's like, she like speaks up to him. He like raises his hand as he's about to back, like he's going to backhand her. I'm just like, whoa, this would not fly today yeah well <laughs> officially God. tyler has officially canceled uh the princess bride I have. yeah it's canceled yeah <laughs> no but uh didn't like it didn't like it one bit and interesting yeah 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 i will for someone who's so fond of like dad jokes i would have thought that there were going to be moments where you were like that was great you know no i have the best dad I, jokes i bet you probably thought the whole you know, and uh, my name is Inigo Montoya thing was really weird. You probably hated that. Whereas, like, that's like yeah, one of the more classic yeah. lines from the movie that Inigo everyone remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Prepare to die. Yeah. Wow. No. I mean, we're going to have a lot of upset listeners at that. But again, I actually don't blame you because it's hard to go back and, 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 and or to see something that's so old for the first time yeah. and, and not view it through like today's lens. Hey, I speak truth. And it, that's one thing the audience loves me for, whether it's picks or movies. I'm always just giving the truth. No agenda here. That, that is one thing. I, I'm, uh, <laughs> one, one, one of many, he speaks the truth. And even though it is still one of my favorite movies, um, you know, I, I actually, I, I'm supportive of, of, you know, your opinion of it. And so how many swords out of a hundred? Uh, 4.8, well, 48 out of a hundred or 4.8 out of 10 or 480 out of a thousand. How uh, many out of a hundred thousand? Hey, he's a man uh, of 48, man. Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Okay, I prepared some trivia. Now, this is going to be actually a mix. I have like a few college football-related trivia questions. Okay. And then I just have some other trivia questions because, you know, I've mentioned it on the show. The people that have been listening for a while kind of know that I, I do have a, a real goal to go on Jeopardy one day. I love trivia. Uh, I watch Jeopardy constantly. I, I'm very sad that I never got the chance to go on while Alex Trebek was still uh, alive and hosting the show. I just got done reading a really good book about uh, Jeopardy. Uh, oh, no way. Answers in the form of questions. And it talks about Trebek and his journey there and a lot of really cool stories like behind the scenes from contestants and what it was like filming and a really cool book. So if you're into uh, Jeopardy or anything like that, Answers in the Form of Questions is really good. It's on Audible. Uh, I like to You know who one of the best, one of the highest all-time winners of all, in Jeopardy all-time was a sports better? Yeah, James um, Holzhauer. James- well, yeah, and, and a, a big part of what he did was implore uh, game theory into Final Jeopardy, which had never be yep. seen, been seen before. Because going into Final Jeopardy, most people would only risk a certain amount that they were comfortable with up to the threshold of guaranteeing to win. Or if you're in second right. place, trying to get first, 
he he came in with this really aggressive all or nothing uh, Final Jeopardy tactic, which which actually proved to be better. And, and I'm not going to go too in detail with it, but it's that game theory that allows sports betters to you know kind of look at things a different way. I mean, I'm in an NFL Survivor contest, right? And it's not just about picking winners every weekend. It's about the game theory of what is everyone else going to pick and how are you there at the end of the season with teams left to pick. So I'm I love game theory. It's super interesting to talk about. But yeah, James Holzhauer, sports better, one of the best all time at uh, Jeopardy. Tyler actually picked uh, the Cowboys in his survivor pool uh, week one. So just, I mean, wow. So <laughs> no, embarrassing. I'll tell you, Do you want to address that publicly? I'm in three survivor contests. And this is what I mean. Most people, the overwhelming picks this year, this, this week were Baltimore, Indy, and uh, the Bengals. Bengals actually lost outright. Uh, but right. but but the the risk with that is you can only use teams once. So the good teams get used up once early mm. and people are done. Two of my three entries, I had the Washington Commanders this weekend. So that's what wow. you look for each week. Teams that will likely not be favored again in the season in good spots. And uh, so there you go. And so you're supportive of a team that used to have like a, you know, the R words is their name. Is that what you're, what you are to come uh, up publicly I prefer and those say teams. that you're supportive I of almost that? exclusively bet on the Cleveland Guardians <laughs> now. Yes. Uh, I prefer those. Is, I actually, like... He's a big Dan Snyder supporter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love, I actually love the new, uh, I loved when they were just a football team. And I actually think the commanders is cool. The new helmets are sweet. Yeah, so I like, like their unis. I think they're yeah. cool. No, I'm into yeah, it. I like it sure. too. They, yeah. they have like a college vibe to them, honestly, which is what I like about it. Let's but talk speaking, some college. Let's get to some college. All right. So let's talk some trivia. Oh, so trivia, trivia. these are our questions I put together for the both of you. Okay. Um, and we'll start with the college football ones. Are we alternating? Because okay? there's no buzzers here, right? There's no. There are uh, no. I mean, and I did not bring my buzzer. No. Um, <laughs> did you guys bring your buzzers? Well, for, for this Zoom uh, podcast, I don't have my buzzer. No. <laughs> I have a different kind of buzzer, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty's, Smitty's got a certain buzzer in his drawer. Um, <laughs> okay. The first question. Here we go. Which two teams hold the record for both the uh, well, not both. Which which two college football teams hold the record for first of all longest winning streak and longest losing streak? Smitty, is, is this all time? So this goes back to like the twenties. Yeah, all all oh, time geez. college football history. One team holds the record for most wins. One team holds the record for most loss. I'm gonna go Bama. Bama for wins. I'm assuming. Oh, I thought you. Uh, I thought the winning and the losing was the same team. No, no, no. It's oh, okay, okay. Um, there are two, two well, teams. Give me a second, then. Um, I, I'm going to go it, it, this all time. I'm going to go uh, winning. Hmm. I'm going to. I'm either going to go OU Nebraska. Uh, do, do, do. Let's go Oklahoma and losing. Is it a Power Five team? A current Power Five team that's losing. Yes, they actually they're both Power Five teams. Okay, no, so, no Princeton, none of that shit. So I'm going OU, and then losing streak. I'm gonna go. God, I feel like it's recency bias. Uh, but I'm gonna go Kansas. Okay, Smitty. Okay, I was thinking the same thing with losing as Kansas, but my winner is Notre Dame. I, By the way, I, Kansas, I feel like the Kansas, Kansas got to win. Kansas beat West Virginia on Saturday, so shout Kansas out. Number one in Big 12. Dude. Number like, one in the Big 12 but, ranking. Sorry, who like did you la- guess? Last couple of years, Kansas. Uh, yeah, so I, I did I did Notre Dame as winningest and uh, Kansas is lose. Okay. Uh, Tyler was right. The longest win streak, Oklahoma. Whoa. The Sooners. Nice. Now, you were both wrong on the longest losing streak. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a Big 10 team. Is it Texas? Big Ten. Oh, Big Ten. Sorry. 
Also, um, recency bias from Smitty. Shout out the Horns, who are back. Rutgers? <laughs> Nayeth. Nope. I, I mean, Maryland. one more. We're just gonna we're just gonna guess here. Uh, uh, Michigan State. No. Okay. It is the Northwestern Wildcats. Oh wow! I don't know, I don't know when that streak happened, but it, for only I mean, it could have been like the '80s. They were not a good program for a while. Um, so you know, but yeah, Oklahoma and Northwestern currently hold the college football records for longest winning streaks and longest losing streaks. All right. Um, who were the two teams that played in the very first college football game? Uh, uh, Yale and Princeton. Smitty. Uh, Yale and Harvard. It was Rutgers and Princeton. Mm, ah. Okay. Now, interesting note, though. This first game, the rules were totally different. They were, like, kicking the ball and shit. Like, it was basically a soccer game. So, while Rutgers loves to claim, like, we invented college football, the game that they were playing was not at all what – and this is, like, 18, you know, 44 or some shit. You know, people were – 1844. People ball were far. taking the, – the, the Sooners weren't even Sooners yet, but there were people in wagons making their way out west they at this point. They were soon-to-be Sooners. Soon-to-be <laughs> soon Sooners. Um, <laughs> now, that's a what, joke. You put that in Princess Bride, that gets 48 swords. <laughs> my, la- my last <laughs> – Oh, boy. <laughs> My last question, and the reason why I brought this one up, it's not because I think that either of you will know the answer or really that any of our listeners will. Oh, good. But let's, let's get one. The reason no why I know. picked this question is because I actually think the answer is something that one of you would guess or that Tyler would just naturally guess. So what nickname did Roger Staubach earn while playing college football during his time huh. at, at in the Navy? The cock. <laughs> no, uh, think, the, think of like what you would nickname him, Tyler. Roger what would you nickname? Yeah, well, yeah. What, what would be like a nickname you'd give him? Mm. Mm, star, uh, stargazer. <laughs> no, I don't know. Stop. I was just gonna say like the lieutenant or something like Roger that. Stop. No, no. Military. And again, I feel like when I say it, Tyler, you're gonna be like, "Oh, that makes sense." His nickname was Roger the Dodger. Oh, Roger Dodger. <laughs> there you go. Hello, old Dodger yeah, that, dog. That it, does just sound like something. Like if my name was Roger, you'd call me on the phone. You'd be like, "Roger the Dodger." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably would. Roger <laughs> Dodger. Yeah. You ever have a Dodger uh, okay. dog? No, I don't know what that is. It's like a hot dog at, at Dodger Stadium. So Dod- it's like Dodger vegan dog. or what? No, it's just it's like, Dodger. I think it's foot long. I thought it was foot long. long. Get your foot. I think it is foot long. Yeah. Yeah. Dodger dog. Okay. Have you had a Dodger dog? Have you been to a game at Dodger Stadium? I have not. No. But so, but nothing makes it special besides besides the fact that it's at Dodger Stadium. Exactly. Not right. Well, it's it's just just like we live in Colorado. When you go to Rockies games, you get the Rocky dog. Yeah. Yeah. So then, really, all you were asking me is if I've had a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have have, have you had two hot dogs that are conjoined? (laughs) Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, okay, and how about some some regular trivia questions? Okay, these are just good old fashioned trivia questions that may come in handy for my time on Jeopardy, or maybe yours. Maybe this will, you know, maybe this will get the, the fires going for both of you to want to join me on Jeopardy. There's um, no way two out of the three of us are making it on Jeopardy, bro. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's a good point. Yes, um, <laughs> a a pool ball set or billiards, you could say, includes how many balls? Ten. No, it's uh. No, or is it nine? No, no, it's nine for nine ball. I think it's, uh, isn't it 14 plus the, so I'm going to say 15? 16. There are 15 plus the cue ball. 15 plus the cue Six, ball. Yeah, 16 balls. Okay. 
How many, how many, uh, the average human body contains how many pints of blood? Pints? Oh, God. Pints. Yeah. A nice point. A point of blood. Uh, how much blood could you fill up in pine glasses at the bar if we drained your seventy-two? Body? I'm gonna go like uh, I'm gonna <laughs> that go like seems like a lot. Does it? I was gonna go higher. How, than how that. many, Tyler? Well, now that you gave it away by saying that's a lot, I'm gonna go lower <laughs> than seventy-two. Uh, it's quite a bit lower. Yes, forty-five. I, I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not very good at thinking about this stuff. I'm not a goddamn right. biologist. Uh, Twenty. Nine. How am I supposed to contextualize that? What does that even Holy mean? cow. Well, what? I, first of all, just picture 72 pint glasses. Could you even fit that in your body? But well, that much blood? I'm, 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 don't also, know. Say, I'm also saying a, a pint is 10 and a half ounces. Don't ask me how I know that, but... <laughs> Well, yes. you're our you're a resident scientist. That's how you know that. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's not a now lot. Now look, of that's that the average body. Uh, that's the average body. Nine so it does pints? you know? Um, yeah, does, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, you know, you look at a guy like uh, uh, what's it, Brett Bielema. He's probably got a few more than nine pints uh, of blood in his body. If yeah. we're just being honest, Mac Brown, a few more than nine pints. Okay. Okay. Um, here we go. How about this? Um, what is the highest grossing video game franchise of all time? Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, that's a good pick. Uh, Call of Duty. It's actually just Mario, Super Mario. Bros. Oh, that was my second mm. one. <laughs> mm. uh, See, what US? I was, I was thinking newer because game prices have gone up, but yeah. Right, me too. See, but even the, the thing is that what you missed out is that they had the they cornered the market back in the day, so everyone had to buy Super Mario Bros. because right. there was only like five video games. Right. Yeah, well, and I think that was when they went from like eight bit to sixteen bit video games. Very what interesting. Is okay, what is that your bit? Oh, hey, oh, hey, oh. Um, what <laughs> U.S. state drinks the most alcohol per person? Oh, I, this has got to be Wisconsin. I was going to say the same. Got to be Wisconsin. Nevada. It's Nevada. Oh. See, what else do you do when you're out of right No, no. See, I want that normalized for people living in the state. I feel like like Las Vegas skews that. I want, I actually I want love residential. Your, your pick yeah. of, of Wisconsin is actually like v- very sharp. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like number two or number three, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, well, um, and last, again, normalized for residents. I mean, I think you got to Vegas is skewed. So. If you if it was a ratio of of you know pints of alcohol to pints of blood, maybe Wisconsin <laughs> would be more kind of you know uh, uh, in in the mix. Um, last but not least, who was the first singer to ever appear on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine? Aerosmith. Singers, uh, an in, individual singer. So you'd be thinking Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. I'm going. I'm going Madonna. It was John Lennon. Mm. Ah, John yeah. Lennon. Wow. I'm not going to put a female on the cover way back then, Ryan. Even still, I think you guys had some good guesses uh, there. So I actually, <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> he was always with Yoko, though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Yoko, one of the greatest. <laughs> um, Tyler, uh, can we shout out BetUS before we get to a week three's games? Let's go ahead and shout out shout out to BetUS. Best place to make your bets online. Now, what I recommend with BetUS is sign up, put in promo code TAILGATE. That's how you help us out. Uh, don't use any initial offers, but get to know the sports book, get to know the casino, and you're going to have roll- offers rolling in like crazy. I mean, we're talking 100% deposit uh, matches, 200% deposit matches, all with relatively you know pretty good rollovers if you put in promo code TAILGATE, ignore the first rollover, and uh, 
start betting with them. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of sports books out there, but BetUS is a good alternative. I'm telling you, just because it's not located, you know, it's technically an offshore account, I highly recommend it. You can get your money in easy, get your money out easy. You have to go through some verification process like every other sports book, but it's so worth it. Shop around, have more fun. They also have casino. So if you like to play blackjack, roulette, craps, things like that, it's possible. They have uh, entertainment betting. So if you want to bet on like the Emmys, uh, TV shows, uh, Squid Game Season 2 is coming out soon. Tons of things you can bet on with that only on BetUS. Check them out online and don't forget to put in promo code TAILGATE when you're signing up. Love it. Yeah. Bet, bet US. Now, before we get into week three's games, obviously, I, I do hope we have some bet board games and I want to win. And I'd be willing to cheat actually to win. And I bring that up because this was sent to us. We got a DM on our Twitter accounts. Uh, if you're not following, by the way, it's at CFB underscore pod. You should be, I mean, if you're listening, and you're not following, then I don't really know what you're doing. But um, we did get a DM with this interesting story. And so I wanted to bring it up because we're all competitive people. In fact, I know Tyler, Tyler is one of the most competitive people I know in the world. Like, like when we would play pickup games of basketball, <laughs> uh, you, you'd go into full, like Michael Jordan competitive mode when we're just out there trying to have a good time. That, that's yes. just a fact. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't take losing well at all. I don't do never well. have no, 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 no. And so I'm wondering if you'd go as far as this individual. Now, this comes to us again from a Twitter DM, a story out of... I didn't of, see this. Did you... Uh, uh, I didn't see this Have you seen this? Twitter. Have you heard of this? No. Have you seen this? Um, <laughs> at, it, it just came through recently. Um, Metro, Metro, which is some sort of a media outlet in the UK. So this is a British story. So, you know, pip, pip, cheerio to all those people. Um, the world of... Here's the headline. The world of chess has been rocked by the biggest scandal in years after a player allegedly used wireless anal beads and its vibrations to signal his next move. Nice. Now, I mean, commitment, first of all, like oh off the my charts. God. Off the charts to be willing to go to those lengths, potentially. Now, it's not confirmed. It sounds like um, like the, this is these are unsubstantiated claims that this guy did get suspended for for cheating. But the really, it's a bunch of internet sleuths that are suggesting that he had some sort of uh, device up his ass that was vibrating to tell him where where to where to go with his moves. And okay. what I don't really get is like, if you're a chess champion, like, why do you need magnetic vibrations to be like? How do you even know? Is it like buzz? Well, like first seven buzzes tell you where on the left it goes, and you know, yeah. yeah I'm, so it's I'm probably curious. it's probably like a because you can easily tell where to go but it's like a7 to b6 or whatever so uh i'm sure it's just like a small buzz for the first letter and then a numeric mm -hmm. thing for the and the only reason i think that is because in the uh, late 60s a group of uh computer programmers from caltech went out to vegas and they used computer like buzzing devices in their shoes with roulette and it's a whole different kind of thing but but the idea is yeah you can you can the buzzes can tell you certain things, whether it's in your asshole or whether in your shoe, uh, <laughs> about what to do and like what moves to make. Now the chest well, it thing, definitely feels better. The, the chest thing is weird <laughs> because <laughs> because every, everything's based on the moves of the other player, um, and so it all has to be circumstantial. And that's right. that's where it confused me for chess. So he'd have to have someone actively watching the game, plugging in the best moves, optimal moves, and then they would then program that information to his to his butthole. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, in terms of just like, like the, the chess thing that that's where that story surprises me is because it's so reactionary to what's going on. 
you know, well, look, like, so, like there's ways something to in your shoe makes sense, but it seems like, you know, up your ass is just a little more sensitive. Well, so maybe, you're, maybe, maybe you're a lot less risk. Yeah. Maybe they're checking shoes and maybe there's just, you know, more sensitivity so you can really dial in the messaging, you know, but, but, but that I have a lot of questions after hearing that too, because if someone's watching, putting in the best stuff, like that, that's just theory based, like, like chess moves. There's not one good move for a set, for a set, set up on the board. So also I, I like if, that. if there's someone that's outside, that's like feeding them the moves. Like, why isn't that guy just competing? Cause he's good enough to know. Yeah, Are exactly. they just running or computer like simulations? Looking it up. Or maybe he's on like chess.com trying to get the optimal move, but optimal isn't always chess.com. Yeah. That's, that's like what I use. <laughs> <laughs> they got in on it early. Right. I mean, chess. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, there is a chess.com that, that does. Chess oh, okay. I thought, I thought maybe you were just like throwing that out there. Just no, like he's on chess.com. No, I, I actually am on it all the time. I love, I love chess, but, uh, and yet yeah. you do it without, uh, any, you know, uh, yeah. you know, support, let's yes, say. Yes. What I find interesting is that if he did pull this, which I, you know, look again, it's not being reported on by like the associated press. So our sources aren't exactly, of the highest level when it comes to journalistic integrity. <laughs> um, but you know, if, if it's true and he was able to keep a straight face the whole time, that's actually impressive as well. Cause you would think <laughs> no. it would look like he was Agreed. being tickled or something. Exactly. That that's more so, difficult. I want to look that one up. Uh, when I went to, I, I, uh, after every move the opponent makes, he just gets a little shit. I know he just he just yeah. tenses up a little bit. It's like, boy, yeah, this guy's taking this, this guy's sweating seriously. profusely. I don't know why. I actually have a, that. That's kind of close to to. I know a lot about that because when I went to MIT, uh, and by the way, the the rule of MIT is the exact opposite of the rule of Fight Club, right? If you go there, you kind of have to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. But, of course. Uh, but we uh, during one of my classes, we actually had to build a program to play chess against other students. And mm-hmm. what, what you usually do is just called brute forcing it, right? So you do, if this happens, then that happens. You just put in, you know, hundreds of lines of instruction. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, they've now made computer programs that, that react and they, and they interpret the best move based on what you did. So maybe they just had some like super, super sophisticated algorithm that was proprietary that they were using. That could mm-hmm. be the case too, but I'm, that's really could interesting. Be. I'm going to have to look that up. And- I bet there was some sort of like a brute force method to insert that as well would be my guess. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was thinking, what's what's off season like for that guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, shout, right. Out MI- shout out MIT. Again, what what is the MIT mascot? I always forget. The Beavers. The Beavers. Shout yes. out the Beavers, uh, MIT, yes. our favorite MIT grad in the whole world right here at Tyler Walgie. Um, now, we have week three games, and I actually I love this this board, Tyler. Um, I, I'm giving out, of course, a billion picks like I always do. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that you have a handful as well. Uh, I've got several bets that I really like and a couple that I'm strongly leaning that we could maybe negotiate or see if I land on the other side. <laughs> I like a strongly leaning. I, I dig yes. that. All right. We start off Friday nights. We got Florida state at Louisville. The Seminoles, a two and a half point road favorite going into Louisville. Um, do I trust Louisville now? I mean, yeah, they got me the win last time. I mentioned it when we talked on, on the last podcast that I was almost hoping they wouldn't cover so I could cross them off my list forever because Louisville <laughs> burned me so many times. Will's list but, is called the you're dead to me list. And he doesn't. Yeah. The, yeah. You're dead to me. And it usually only lasts for a season. So like <laughs> if, if, if it had happened, then they're off my list for the year. And then next year I get right back on them. Okay. Um, and there have been cases where people that are on the do not, you know, the dead to me list. And I still play them because I mean, what's the point, right? But, uh, do I trust Louisville here? They got a big win at UCF last week. 
you know, is Florida State, Florida State is like all of a sudden back just from beating LSU. And we don't even know how good this LSU team is. Um, I'm curious to see what your breakdown is here, Tyler, because Florida State being two and a half point road favorites here to me is is concerning if, if, I, if I'm trying to pick the Seminoles. Yeah, it's a lot of points, but I actually lean Florida State here. Now, in terms of pure power ratings, this is more of a X's and O's play because I do have Florida State minus 1.75 in this spot, which I guess would be represented as like one and a half minus 120 or uh, minus two at about even money. But it's it's just a very good uh, X's and O's position for, for FSU. Now, first of all, Mike Norvell coming into his third season is entering that prototypical third year projection that we expect from these kind of offensive coaches. I mean, it's like clockwork. When these guys get in who are offensive minded, take a, take a couple of years to win the, 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 the boosters over and, 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 and everyone behind the scenes all while building up the program and getting your players in place. You know, mm-hmm. it seems consistent that these offensive coaches take one, two, and then year three, they hit the ground running. We're seeing that with Mike Norvell this year. Uh, they're coming off a bye week also. And I think there's a lot of good, good feeling around FSU for the first time in what, six seasons? So great feelings. They're 2-0, and just beat LSU, and they actually have the talent to keep this going. Uh, also, if you look back at the uh, uh, their first couple games, FSU had, uh, or their first game, they had a couple red zone opportunities. They blew. And I think that was a huge point of emphasis. Now, they ended up getting the win at LSU, but if they would have converted in the red zone and actually capitalized when they moved the football, that may not have been a game at all at the end of the fourth quarter. So that off week, I think FSU really dug deep and worked on a lot of their red zone plays, red zone schemes. And Louisville, they're coming off two very, very tough games, Syracuse and UCF, maybe two two games they didn't think would be as tough, which is even even harder. So again, Florida State, I have about four and a half points better. I've got home field right around 2.75 in this game for Louisville. So I only have Florida State minus 1.75, but I love the spot. And uh, I've got a very, very strong lean towards Florida State. May make it a like if you're on Louisville here. We'll see. Yeah, I love that breakdown. And, and you're right, the bye week is huge for Florida State. Um, uh, that, that's really big. I actually really like how Jordan Travis played against you know LSU. He, I think he's showing a lot of positive signs. The only thing <clears throat> that I would take, especially from that Florida State LSU game that we saw week one, is that we saw Jaden Daniels for LSU get a ton of rushing yards against Florida State, whether it was scrambling or from design run plays. And you look at a guy like Malik Cunningham, who is like even deadlier with his legs, I think it's possible that you could see you know, uh, um, him have a big day, especially on the ground. Uh, that being said, I mean, again, I don't want to overreact to last week too much because I feel like my dumb brain is telling me to ride with Louisville, but my heart is telling me to go <laughs> with, with Florida State minus two and a half. So we're both on the same same side here, taking the Knolls to cover the two and a half points. Okay. Both on Florida Perfect. State. There we go. Smitty, Smitty, your pick. Uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with the Knolls. Okay, all three of us. Wow, incredible! I love it. Um, that 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 should be concerning or or amazing. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's nowhere in between. Um, the next game, Georgia at South Carolina. The Bulldogs, twenty four point road favorite over South Carolina. I don't have uh, a ton Ge- on this game, Will. I just don't. Uh, this is okay. such a run the other direction. This could be the variance on this game is crazy, and I always kind of you know yep. variance is is actually something that you can look specifically at, and I think that this one. I mean, we're talking maybe the highest on the on the board this weekend. Florida or uh, Georgia could win by forty. South Carolina. They're all over the place. I have no idea who this team is. No idea who Spencer Rattler is. So I, I, I don't have much on this game. It's a huge pass for me. But, uh, I mean, it seems around right if I had to make a number. 
Yeah, and it's crept up. I think it opened closer to like 22, and now we're up yeah. to 24. And so it is concerning to me, obviously, that for sure the public is going to be all over Georgia here. And rightfully so. They're now the, the number one team. We saw them just destroy uh, Auburn in their first game. I think they played like Samford or someone terrible last week and, and you know, did fine, but nothing, you know, crazy. But again, that's fine. That, that's a week that they can take off. And to me, it's more about South Carolina. You know, I had concerns when they played Arkansas about Rattler being able to, to be smart with the ball and, and push the ball downfield without turning the ball over. And against Arkansas, that's a problem. Against Georgia, that's a huge problem. And you look at actually the last two times that these, the last two years these teams have played, Georgia has dominated both by more than 24 points, um, one, you know, in Georgia and one at South Carolina. And so um, I, I, to me, I need to see the Spencer Rattler that we saw early on in Oklahoma once before I can even bet on him, you know, being responsible with the ball here. And so I think Georgia has a chance to, uh, to really blow them out in their first SEC game of the year. So I'm riding with the Bulldogs wow. mi- minus 24. I know it's a big number, in the but I'm doing it. Laying the 24. Right. Always a good sign when you're laying 24. Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Smitty, your pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go dogs. I can't, uh, I can't take that line with the South Carolina. So I'm going Georgia. Okay, sweet. Smitty's on uh, Georgia as well. Let me just jot that down because we are tracking these picks. Next up, uh, Spencer Rattler's former team, Oklahoma, going at Nebraska. This is now the first game uh, in Mickey Joseph's uh, career as the interim head coach. We talked about him earlier. Fantastic name, Mickey Joseph. Definitely not made up at all. Um, (laughs) Oklahoma, a a 10.5-point road favorite here. This number has come all the way down from 14, Tyler. And to me, that's terrifying because I have to imagine the public is going to be all over Oklahoma here with how bad Nebraska has been. And if you're telling me that all that money is, is coming in on Nebraska enough to bring that number down, that means the Sharps are all over the Huskers, right? This is a prototypical Sharps versus Squares game. This is everyone in the country seeing uh, Nebraska look so bad, seeing Oklahoma look really good under Brett Venables, and it's an automatic play. Oklahoma, 11 points. If, if they win 21-10, we get our money back. If they win 31-20, we get our money back? That doesn't seem right. This is a clear play here, in my opinion, for Nebraska. At least it was at plus 16. It is way, it's gone now. But this is a pass for me because uh, because we don't really know what Nebraska is going to be. Now, here's the thing. We know nothing about what we're going to see on the field from Nebraska. But we do know one thing about Nebraska. They've stayed in every single game they've played going back to mid-2020. Okay, we're talking week four of 2020 until Nebraska got blown out of a football game. This is a good team with talent that I think Scott Frost leaving is actually a distant by subtraction. So this offense is going to be who knows what the defense. I think that has talent is going to be motivated. We don't know what we're going to see. This could be a very close game and there's nothing telling me. It's like, why? Why would Oklahoma pull away? I've seen nothing on offense to say that Oklahoma is elite. They've been stressing defense. This is going to be a low scoring game. Both teams are going to want to hold the football. Nebraska's offense could go crazy this game. As we said, they have talent. There's a reason why they haven't gotten blown out in like 25 football games, okay? They are good. They were dragged down by, I think, Scott Frost to very conservative game plan, didn't know what to do late in the games. I like Nebraska in this spot. I'm not going to bet it because it's 11, and I can't do that if, if I could have got it at 16 a couple days ago. But this is not a, a place where you want to now be betting on Oklahoma like crazy. Nebraska's in a good spot here. Watch out if you're betting on the Sooners. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely nailed it on the head. I mean, this is for sure a big motiv- motivation game for Nebraska and for the players. It's kind of like a wipe the slate clean kind of moment. Um, 
to have that line come down so much. You're right. I mean, this is all, this is all about sharps versus public. And I, I agree with you to me, Oklahoma, especially on offense hasn't been very impressive. And, and even though I think that bringing in the transfer quarterback from uh, UCF, Dylan Gabriel, you know, was, it was a good move on paper. I mean, ultimately the guy doesn't have a lot of experience playing like a big 12 schedule. And he's been okay, but he hasn't been fantastic. The Oklahoma offense hasn't been incredible. I do think their defense is really good. And to me, that like if you're going to be betting Oklahoma here, um, that's where you're, where all of your faith has to lie. Is that the Oklahoma defense is good enough to slow down Nebraska? And you, you know, Nebraska's offense has been, you know, good. They've been scoring on people. But how many good defense, really good defenses, have they played at this point? I don't know. Um, it, it for sure worries me that 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 line has dropped down. If I have to make a pick at this point, you know, if, if you can get it 10 and a half um, as opposed to 11, <clears throat> I'd be going with the Sooners here because I do think their defense is good enough to force Nebraska to maybe make a couple turnovers. Um, and you, you know, the, the caliber of, of Nebraska's defense. I mean, we talked, I mentioned it and you did Tyler as well, that Oklahoma's offense hasn't been great. Well, this is a fantastic opportunity, you know, against a bad Nebraska defense, which is what it has been. And so I don't love the pick. Um, if I'm forced to bet it right now, I'd take Oklahoma minus 10 and a half, not Nebraska. Um, because I think that that kind of new coach, you know, injection of energy or whatever can only come so far. And we don't know anything about Mickey Joseph as far as being a head coach. He could be even worse at making big game time decisions than Scott Frost. I don't know if that's possible. We'll find out. But I, I'm with you. I don't love this this pick either way. But since I'm going to give one out, I'm going to give out Oklahoma minus 10 and a half. But I think we're overreacting. And, and that's fine. But, but I think in terms of the Nebraska defense, we're just overreacting to what we saw last. I mean, they've got a lot of guys back. From well, at least a lot of Letterman who played last year. And I mean, they they had pretty good efficiency stats last year. I know they've given up points and yards, but I think a change in in philosophy, game plan is going to go a long way for this team. So, okay, fair enough. Stay away from uh, from Tyler Smitty. Your pick? Yeah, this this one I don't. I I think I'm going to stay away from. Um, I I do like the the whole situation of you know Scott Frost being fired Nebraska at home it's an old rivalry um Brett Venables at Oklahoma I just there's just too many unknowns for me and I haven't I haven't seen enough from either team to 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 go with either team honestly if I were to if I had to bet on it I'd I'd honestly go the under which I have at uh, 66 right now I I just think what we see from Nebraska this game is sort of the bowl game approach where new coach yeah me too and that's why I'm scared to bet new coach rivalry game I mean Lincoln's going to be going crazy this game and you're going to see the 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 fake punts the, the the trick plays I think you see Nebraska put everything out there. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'll go with, uh, I'll be brave enough to take the Sooners minus 10 and a half, although I don't feel wonderful about it. Right. I'm just committed. I'm committed to giving out picks because that's just who I am. You, as they say um, in poker, you are now pot committed, which they used to say about <laughs> me in high school for a totally different reason. <laughs> certainly, certainly, only, certainly only you and not us both. Um, yeah, we weren't involved. No. Yeah. I mean, certainly we spent a lot of time together, but not those things. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal going on the road at Notre Dame. Notre I'm, Dame. I'm apparently backloading a lot of my games because I don't have, I don't love this one either, but I've got some good stuff on it. Yeah. I mean, look, this is just an interesting one to me because obviously Notre Dame, 0 2, things are off to a really bad start for Marcus Freeman. Where does the motivation come in? And now they lose Tyler Buckner for the season, I believe, the, the starting quarterback. Um, We'll see if that ends up being a negative or not, because I don't think we know a lot about the, the backup that's coming in. I know he's a little more mobile, it sounds like. Um, 
to me, this is about the Notre Dame offense wasn't very good against either team that they played so far. And I think that Cal's defense is solid enough um, under Justin Wilcox, who is like a defensive minded head coach um, he, for a long time. He was defensive coordinator at Wisconsin before that always did a great job. I think it's solid enough to keep them in this game. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I look at Notre Dame at, from a motivation standpoint as being just either either way. Maybe the players are totally down on the fact that they're 0-2 and like for sure eliminated from what their season hopes were, which is making a playoff. Maybe they're just as motivated to prove everyone wrong after that that terrible upset to uh, to Marshall at home. And now they get Cal coming in. But 11 points is a lot. Um, I think Cal has, you know, when you look at, the, I think the total for this game is like 40 points. Yeah, it's so going to be gonna tell me. It's low scoring. So 11 points is a big spread for a low scoring game. But I mean, look last week, Cal played UC Davis, or excuse me, last week, Cal played uh, UNLV, 13 point favorites. They won by six. It, w- it was close in, in the second half that game. So we are not looking at a team in Cal who can move the football very well. They played UC Davis and UNLV, two of the lowest defense efficiency teams so far in football. So I'm not impressed with Cal's offense at all. That's why it's going to be a low scoring game. And actually with Notre Dame here, I kind of lean Notre Dame in this spot. I just can't bet them because I have no idea who Marcus Freeman or this team is. New coach, new quarterback. This could be all over the place. But I think that the average person is going to be looking to bet Cal because guess what? Notre Dame got killed last week, right? This is what we've seen early in the season is if a team gets killed, they're going to get money against them in the the following week. And I never think it's as bad as we saw. I don't think Notre Dame's that bad. So they were a pretty big downgrade this week in my power ratings, but even so, I I would lean towards them, but I'm not going to bet on them because I don't know who they are. Don't know what to expect from them at all. Marcus Freeman could be a really good coach who's had a rough start and he's going to be fine. He could also be a dumpster fire in, in, in the works. Right. So we have no idea. Yeah, and you're definitely right. I mean, the public's going to be, of course, looking to to fade Notre Dame a lot going forward. The The difference here is that, like, Cal is not like a name-brand school. Exactly. Where I think teams, people are going to look at them and be like, oh, yeah, Cal for sure. I feel like people still think of Cal as, like, a bad football program because, frankly, that's what they've been, right? And so I think 11 points is just too much and what I do expect to be a very low-scoring game uh, I mean, at this point, if, if Cal can somehow score seven or 10 points, I think they cover. Uh, and so even though I don't love, you know, going with what for sure the public sentiment is, which is fading Notre Dame, I, I'm actually going to go Cal plus 11 here. All right. You're Eddie? on Cal. Yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Cal uh, plus 10. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to rally, uh, you know, behind a new quarterback, um, a young head coach. And I'm one of those guys that I, I just don't see and haven't seen being a Pac-12 football fan of uh, anything in the years past. Haven't seen really anything this year so far. I know it's only week three, but um, I think Notre Dame will still win, but I think it'll be eight to nine points. Okay, fair enough. Uh, love it. So we're both on uh, Cal there. Tyler's a stay away, lean Notre Dame, it sounds like, right? Yes. Okay, fair enough. We've moved to Penn State at Auburn. The Nittany Lions, a three-point road favorite this here is, at this Auburn. This is going to be a bet board game. You know why? Because it's Auburn. And I like Auburn this game. <laughs> and Will goes well, against Auburn every single game. So I go against Penn State constantly, actually. actually well. You know what? That's true. That is true. Will the, goes against Penn only State. Only if Bo Nix is the quarterback, so, does he go against so the, Auburn. Well, so, so this is the Will uh, go against game. So who's going on? This is, exactly. This is the, the, the don't bet either side because you hate them both. Look, 
you're right. Uh, I did go against Bonex a lot, and I don't want to go. I don't want to bet on TJ Finley either. Have you seen what TJ? I mean, Auburn hasn't played anybody this year, and TJ Finley's numbers look like he's played two teams that are really good defenses because they're terrible. He's had, yeah, I think he has one touchdown, two interceptions in two games so far. He, of course, is the transfer from Florida. Who you know, he lost his job to uh, Anthony Richardson last year at Florida. Um, I do think Auburn has a really good defense, and that's the key here. Um, I look at this Penn State team, and yeah, I mean, look, they're a team I don't like to bet on. I don't like to bet on James Franklin. Oh, uh, no one is, n- no one doing? in the world, no one in the world is as good <laughs> at giving up, you know, fourth quarter leads than than James Franklin. I swear. I, I mean, there's so many games where he's had late leads and, and they blow it. Um, I, I think it's a really tough spot to go at Auburn here. Um, no, look, I, no, I, no, I'm not. <sighs> That's my dramatic movie. It, my here's my my biggest problem. My biggest is I think that it, at the very least, what Penn State has is they have playmakers, and Sean Clifford is a guy who can make plays at points during the game. I don't love him. I don't think he's great, but he's proven that he can do it in some tough spots before. And even though I like Auburn's defense, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. This is similar to my Purdue pick, where it's just like I think. Penn State has enough to get it done late, and I'm absolutely not betting on T.J. Finley to do anything to get Auburn to win. So if if Auburn's going to win this game outright, um, they're going to need like two interceptions from from Sean Clifford and you know, maybe three. So yes, it is going to be a bet board game. I'm taking Penn State minus three, and I hate well, you realize I that I, hate doing you this. realize that Auburn doesn't have to win outright. They can still lose by one or two or three. And I know, so I know, and, and, and I agree. But all I'm saying is, like, if you think Auburn is going to win this game, which I actually think this is going to be a big, a popular money line, uh, you know, dog pick uh, around the country. I think a lot of people will look to to pick Auburn on the money line. But to me, it's like I really have no faith in TJ Finley being a good quarterback yeah. and for Auburn, Auburn being able. I think Penn State can just commit to stopping the run and just say, hey, uh, you're going to have to beat us with your arm if you, if you want to win this game. And so I'm going to take Penn State minus three, even though, like I said, I really don't like betting on them. Yeah, I think this is uh, actually TJ Finley is a central part of my handicap here. I think this is overreaction to how uh, to him. I think most people remember TJ Finley, don't like betting on him. And then the fact that Auburn hasn't played anyone this year. Here's what I think people get wrong about this. Auburn hasn't played anyone. We're, we're about to talk about a couple other teams like this, like Michigan State, Washington, we're about to uh, talk about. They haven't played anyone this year. Um, uh, uh, Auburn hasn't played anyone this year. But I think a lot of people get this backwards. It's not they haven't played anyone, therefore we don't know how good they are. It's they haven't played anyone, therefore we shouldn't know how good they are if they got beat or if it's a close game. Auburn's come out and blown the doors off. They've, they're outrushing their, opponent, their opponents 495 to 128. I mean, it's not even close. So Auburn's done all they've needed to do. And upon further inspection, because I was hesitant on this game, because the same thing, it's like Penn State had a really tough game out the gates on the road, which we all saw them win, right? That's why everyone's betting on Penn State. Let's not lie. That's why everyone's betting on Penn State. They played a good team and won. Auburn's played no one and it's Auburn. And in that game, Penn State actually didn't surprise me at all with what they ran. Very bland. They got the job done. And actually, they should have won by double digits if you look at expected points. Auburn, by the way, they enter this window of the same window I, I wanted to bet on Kentucky last week, where they have shown nothing. All offseason, they've been prepping for one game and one game only. Penn State, because last year they went on the road at Happy Valley, lost a very, very close game. This year they've had that yep. circle all offseason. And he's even said that. He said, uh, 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 Brian Harson said in the offseason, weeks one, weeks two, we don't know what we're going to see. As a matter of fact, I think uh, 
my guy who I work with, uh, my partner who we, we filter stats together. We get, we get, you know, we, we share information. He gave me four running plays that Auburn ran the whole second half, their first game. And, and it was in different sets, different looks, but the idea is it's like the off tackle stuff. This is where I'm not as good. Remember, Will, this year I said, my goal in 2022 is to improve my X's and O's and my on the field yeah. stuff, my approach there. That is, this is exactly that because you look at Auburn and you're right. In the past, I would have said, they didn't play anybody. Look, who, look what they're doing, but they're not doing anything. If you can run four running plays in one game, that's going to be a nightmare for your opposing coaches in the, in the upcoming week. So I think that Penn State is in for a world of hurt here. I think Auburn's going to have so much up their sleeve that Penn State's not ready for. Now, there's a reason why Penn State's minus three on the road, but I'm getting an SEC team underdog at home non-conference. By the way, I have some stats here. If you take an SEC home, uh, SEC non-conference home underdog, this was laughable. It's almost 72% against the spread they cover. So wow. you may say Auburn's not a classic SEC team. I don't buy any of that. They're loaded. They've got a lot of good players. As long as this defense can frustrate Penn State, which I think they can, they may win this game. I love Auburn plus three here. And uh, we got at least one bad game this week. So that's a good thing. Well, technically we have two, right? Because I took, um, or is that the only one we have so far? Yeah, it's the only one. We're both on Florida State. and uh, Okay. Good call. Yeah, we, you were right. on the, uh, Oklahoma, but I leaned Nebraska. You're on Cali, leaned that's Notre right. Dame. But yeah, that's our first S- game so far. Uh, Smitty, your pick? Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go with Auburn as well. Um, oh, that's not come on, Ryan. You're, you're that's that's disappointing. Why? Because I love when you two were <laughs> against me. I love when you two. I, I wanted you to say, well, oh, Penn State's the way listen, to go." L- Penn l- State's listen, listen. Obvious. I I think the the only reason I say that is because, like you said, Auburn. Dog at home, and until Penn State, like we even will said, until Penn State proves it that they can go into those harsh environments and pull it out, then I'm I'm going to go with the with, with with the home team. Tyler, just in the SEC, that, it just means more, Walsh. It just means more. Yeah, shout out shout out the Sun Belt. Um, this is the Sun Belt where it just means even more. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Tyler just wanted you to pick. Uh, Penn State because he thinks that he gets like two bet board wins if, if no, we both bet against. Him. I just oh no, I, I think you guys are. I think you guys obviously are. Are you know? I just like when I'm on the when I'm the only one on a game for, for some sure. reason. Well, like, like there's nothing worse when I when I love a game and I you know go to, just to do a little extra. And homework. we all agree with you. Well, yeah, and it's like CBS Sports loves this pick. I'm like, God damn it, you know. Well, yeah, and and I will say again, it's 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 a lot because I I think. I don't know. I, I I just have a hard time betting a three against a hometown SEC team. Right. And that's that's why these spreads matter. I think it's going to be a very, very Damn. close game. But, you know, Brian so, Harson also, he's not the most likable guy. He's not being embraced sure. by, by the, the higher-ups. Like, in a weird spot, this is sort of like a must-win game for him. If he loses this one, this is going to be a long season. So, oh, yeah. so weird motivational spot early in the year for an SEC coach who doesn't usually get this non-conference. But, Fair but, but but either way, you know that that's why I like it, and and uh, there you go, that board game. Uh, we move on to BYU at Oregon. BYU coming off the big home win over Baylor. Uh, Tyler and I were both wrong about that one. They get the overtime dub. They're three and a half point underdogs at Oregon. This is like a classic public bet, right, Tyler? I mean, we, we la- the last time we really saw Oregon in a game that everyone was watching, they got stomped on by Georgia. The last game we saw with BYU, they get a win over a really good Baylor team. So why, you know, I, I, I right now I'm just assuming 
that the betting public is is running to bet BYU plus three and a half here, right? Uh, you would assume so. I think most of the squares are doing that. Now, it's really, really interesting to watch the way the market moved from a week ago today to right now. Because before BYU beat Baylor last week, this spread was Oregon minus one and a half. Okay? So think about that. BYU wins and Oregon goes all the way up to minus three and a half. That's a weird thing to me. That That's a lot of incomplete information. And, and I think BYU looks really good this year. I don't understand the downgrade Very for BYU good. based on a couple injured receivers, which we... What did we say last week? They were like 75% to play anyway. Now, they were ruled out. They may not play this week. But if you think that two receivers missing from BYU deserves a three-point adjustment, I would disagree with that. I have question marks about Oregon. I'm not so sure that BYU isn't a really, really good team that's under the radar right now. So for that reason, I just think that BYU is a little dangerous. Uh, Oregon, some question marks. And I'm on the side of the public here. Look, just because the public's on a side doesn't necessarily mean it's square. A lot of times they randomly pick, at least seemingly randomly pick, and hey, half the time they're going to pick right. So I'm leaning. I don't have a bet this game. I'm leaning BYU. Uh, it's just really interesting, though. Oregon minus one and a half. BYU beats Baylor, and then the line goes to to Oregon minus three and a half. So uh, interesting there, but yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if it has a lot to do with like the difference in play style that you might see from Oregon versus a team like Baylor, right? Um, that being said, like even if Oregon wants to air it out more, you know, not to just like always be harping on him, but like we, you know, Bo Nix hasn't had a fantastic career and yeah, he had a rough game against, against Georgia. Like a lot of quarterbacks would, um, I'm, you know, I th- actually think that you look at how he was playing last year at Auburn and it was promising. And so maybe it's just that, that they think that that Oregon here, you know, a is going to have a lot more talent on the field than BYU. Uh, uh, despite what everyone wants to say, about, you know, Mario Cristobal, including what I've said about his time in Oregon, like we know he recruited well. That that team is is loaded with like four and five star guys. But I mean, I think I'm I, I'm just hesitant to to lay that many points against what I agree with you, Tyler. BYU is like a really good team. Um, the play style isn't always super um, like modern, I guess you could say, on offense. It's kind of an old school offense as far as, you know, the play calling style. But that being said, like, I mean, they're a good team. They're a good defense. Um, Kalani Sataki just continues to prove people wrong as to the caliber of coach he is. And we still don't know a lot about Dan Lanning, right? We really don't know anything about him. Um, I'm hesitant because, again, I think that the public is going to be all over BYU here. And so maybe that's concerning. But I, I'm, I'm with you here. I'm going to take BYU plus three and a half. There you go. And, and I just want to make it clear, that's a very, very slight lean for me. Just Just, just on that side of the fence. So... Mitty, your pick? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going BYU as well. I just think they're the uh, they've got more um, continuity um, as far as you know their their starters, their coach, um, and yeah, I just I just don't know really what to expect from Oregon right now. I think Oregon's going to be a good team um, at the end of the year. I just don't think they have it uh, completely all you know kind of in stride right now. Yeah, for sure. Fair enough. All right, we're all on BYU. We move on to the leaders, current uh, leaders in Big 12 standings, the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, wow. Eight and a half point underdogs. Rock chalk, baby. At Houston, rock chalk. Uh, (laughs) They're turning things around. I I can't believe that. I mean, they were 14 point or 13 and a half point underdogs at West Virginia last week, and they get the win outright. That game was wild. There were swings up and down, but 
to me, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, if you're a Kansas football fan, first of all, wow. I mean, I'm sorry. It's been, <laughs> it's been a, a rough go for you, but it's promising to, to see signs like that because I don't think that West Virginia is all that bad of a team. And it's especially interesting to me because you look at that West Virginia offense, which is coached by Graham Harrell and Graham Harrell, of course, was the quarterback under Mike Leach at Texas Tech. And there's all these coaches that kind of fall into that same air raid offense that Mike Leach came from. And there was another guy that kind of back in like the 80s that I think started the whole thing off. But Dana Holgerson, who's the head coach of Houston, he's an air raid guy. Again, the guy that that coached with Mike Leach, and that's how, where he got the system. And so to me, it's really promising that that Kansas just saw this offense a week ago. And yeah, they gave up a lot of points but it helps that they have experience because for a lot of teams, you're only going to play an air raid offense once a year. And so to get some reps last week leading into a matchup here at Houston, I think it's a good sign. That being said, that line has moved a lot. I think it opened like 11 or 12 points, Tyler. Do you know what the, what that line opened? Uh, I can check it right now. What's what's the current line? Eight and a half Houston favored by eight and a half. And, and it has come down significantly Holy now. I, I, I think you're seeing a lot of money come in on Kansas here. And I think Kansas has the offense. We've seen Houston struggle against teams that can kind of move the ball, you know, with, with a mobile quarterback. Um, UTSA did it to them. And so I don't love that this number has come down because if it was back closer to 10, I think it'd be all over Kansas here. Um, Tyler, yeah, w- what was the opening line? It opened 10. Yeah. Double I mean, digits. so, so it's come down a little bit. Um, I, I, I think that I want to ride with the Jayhawks here. Am I crazy? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Um, a couple reasons. Kansas is a lot better, a lot, lot better than people thought. Uh, big upgrades for Kansas first couple weeks, but I, I that's being priced into the into into everything, right? I don't think we're overreacting because Kansas has looked good and Houston's kind of struggled. But that's the other. I think the whole point of this handicap is Houston has played two overtime games, which statistically exaggerates their offense, and I was saying it before the season started, I didn't buy this Houston offense to be the juggernaut that everyone else thought it would be from the get-go. So two overtime finishes, one of them was like triple overtime, has skyrocketed their uh, projected total points. You know, they're, they're going to score here here moving out. So mm-hmm. Kansas, good offense themselves. Houston, a little bit overrated offense. Both defenses, I think, playing actually better than expected. I lean under. Now, a lot of money came in on the under early, uh, but I lean under... And at 8, it's not playable. At 10, it was playable for Kansas. It's a pass for me. But if you're leaning Kansas, I certainly see why. I think they can stay in this game. But Houston also, I mean, let's not overreact because two overtime games doesn't mean that they're trash offensively. They're just not as good as people think. So a lot going in different directions here. Houston still could have that breakout game. But Will, you're right. X's nose-wise, not the best matchup ever for Houston, even at home. So... Uh, a lot going in different directions. I pass in general, slight, slight lean towards Kansas, but at eight, it's not playable. Yeah, I mean, I told Kansas last week, I said, I'm going to fade them until they prove it, and they proved it, and now I'm I'm on the Jayhawk train. So I'm, right. going, Kan- <laughs> I'm going Kansas plus eight, Smitty. What, 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 what's your pick? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to stay away from this one. Um, I, I just don't have enough faith in Kansas and or Houston, like Waldie said, being in a couple overtime games. Like last week when they played – uh, Texas Tech, it was 17-17 going into overtime, and I think they ended up winning like 35 to 33 or something like that. It, it, yep. it was crazy. So I don't know. I don't really want to touch this one, but if if I were if I were going to bet, I'd go te- I'd go Houston at home. 
Yeah. And the other thing to consider too, is like, that was a huge win for Kansas. So for once we might actually have like a hangover moment for the Kansas football right, team. Yeah, right. I don't you know knows. how long it's been since they've I been just don't know what to expect for a win. The, I just don't know what to expect from the Jayhawks, man. It's like, they've been bad for so long and all of a sudden you know, they're, they're two and oh, and, and, and looking like they're playing pretty good football, but put them at, put them at home or put them away uh, against Houston. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against all my better judgment and take Kansas here. Uh, <laughs> we move on to the sec Mississippi state going at LSU right now, the Bulldogs two point favorites. Um, I love this matchup, Tyler. I'm really interested to hear your opinion because we talked about it earlier. Like I think you're a little higher on LSU than most people. And, and I think that you like this Mississippi state team as well. And so I'm interested to hear your breakdown and kind of where you're coming out. Yeah. Uh, I lean Mississippi state pretty heavily this game. Um, I, I like LSU a lot. You know what I think of Brian Kelly, you know what I think of his ability to, to get offenses, especially ready to play and to elevate his quarterback to a level that, I mean, what he did to some of those QBs at Notre Dame, he yep. took Ian Book and made, and made him look like a Heisman, Heisman contender for half a season. He can do a lot, but it's his third game there. It's Mike Leach's third year at Mississippi State, right. and they are taking his identity and, and just, I mean, they're exemplifying his... Any, you guys watching uh, Breaking Bad? What was that? Sorry, that was my ringtone. Ah, I like that. <laughs> you, you like how quickly I got that, too? I was like, oh, it's Breaking my Bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> Uh, but they, they are in the form of Mike Leach. They're playing Mike Leach football. They finally grasped it. You remember the first year when he went there and everyone's saying, I don't know if this is going to last six games. Is he going to yep. be able to run this spread? It's like, well, once he starts winning, everyone's going to take a deep breath and go, oh, okay, it just looks different, but we still won. Um, I yep. think they're going to confuse LSU this game. And the thing about this, this, this heavy pass attack it's so ingrained now in this offense. They've got all the checkdowns. They've got all the back doors. They've got every little thing because Mike Leach runs a very complex system to where it's not just one, you know, uh, your primary receiver, then secondary, then third. You know, there's different things. So if the quarterback sees the 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 defense in a certain set, he has one, two, and three on this side. If it, if the defense is shifted, it's one, two, and three on this side. So it's super complex, way too complex, I think, for LSU to prep in one week. It's just LSU is so. Uh, tough to predict because I do believe in them. I think they've got a lot of talent. You know what I think of Brian Kelly. So it's not a huge loving, we're, we're riding Mississippi State, you know, general uh, uh, four-unit play or anything like that. But I will make uh, Mississippi State a bet. It's tough at LSU, right? Uh but I like Mississippi State yeah. here, minus two and a half. What Death, do you think? Death Valley, right? Or Tiger Stadium? Or I know, I know Clemson lays claim to Death Valley as well, but I believe that, that LSU is, is the true Death Valley. Yeah, one of them Tigers... I mean, look, this is the first SEC game for Brian Kelly. Yeah. Um, for, first SEC matchup, this could be an eye-opening ex- experience for him. I do think that that LSU has a lot of talent, and who knows what the situation is like with Kayshawn Butte if he's really in it. Um, to me, again, you know, we talked about it when I broke down LSU uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, their offensive line is super concerning for me, and I think that Mississippi State is talented enough on defense to really limit that that offensive uh, output from you know Jaden Daniels and, and others. And so, I'm with you. I'm taking Mississippi State minus two. It's a rare thing to pick. A, a road favorite, you know, uh, covering at LSU because I think that is just a, a tough place to play. But uh, I'm on the same page here. I'm going with the Bulldogs. Yeah, just to be clear, I'll go ahead and make it a bet for me as well. Uh, Mississippi State minus two and a half. Sweet, Smitty. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I'm, I have the same thing. Um, you know, Mississippi State, I think, has looked good so far this year. Um, 
as with other teams that we've talked about, um, just with in this week's breakdown, I think that uh, I think that Brian Kelly and LSU are still kind of trying to find their footing. Where I think uh, you know Leach is 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 kind of already found that to a certain extent. I think he kind of got a bad rap from his time at at, at Texas Tech, whether it's true or not or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that uh, Mississippi Mississippi State kind of runs away with this one. Yeah, and I wonder when the last time that Brian Kelly uh, faced off against an air raid offense or, or a good air raid sure. offense, I, for, you know, for that matter. So I looked that up, but upon further investigation, he had his hands so little involved in Notre Dame in the defense. Right. That I don't know if he's going to sit down with the coaching staff and say, hey, here's what I want to do. I don't know. And again, I don't know, but I'm not so sure how involved he's going to be with that anyway. And what we do also know about the coaches he surrounded himself with, it was not his first choice for coaching staff. Right. So... I think we may have a defensive coordinator approaching this with not a lot of Brian Kelly input. That's another reason why I'm on uh, Mississippi State here. Okay, fair enough. All right, we're, we're all on the dogs then. Uh, Michigan State going at Washington. This is one Michigan of my State, bets. This, uh, they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Washington. This this game is fascinating to me because Michigan State highly ranked. Obviously, they had a great year last year, but they haven't really played anyone this year. Uh, they've played two two easy games. And they've won them by a lot, so that's Both a really good sign. Have. Both these teams have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But like Washington, you look at what – I mean, last year they were so bad that, that Jimmy Lake got fired. Um, we know the defense – uh, was always good, but their offense was terrible this year. They bring in Michael Penix, the the transfer quarterback from Indiana, uh, who has experience playing against Michigan State. Michigan State with experience, you know, that defense will will have played against him as well. And so, there's some interesting factors here. Um, to me, I feel like the the betting public is going to be all over Michigan State as a as a dog here. Uh, I think the Washington defense is very underrated, and for them to actually have an offense that that is that is solid potentially is a good sign for them. I think they're a real kind of a sleeper underdog team here. Um, I, I'm interested. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried to see. I think tower, you and I were both on the same page going into this year about Michigan state that they maybe were a bit of an overachieving team last year. And we saw some regression as far as like rec overall record uh, this year. Like I like a lot of their players that they do have, but they're not like a deep and, um, and like, you know, well-rounded team and especially on defense, they're, they're really thin in the secondary. I think that Washington can, can take advantage of that. And I think that you factor in, you know, the travel going all the way from Eastern time zone to Pacific. Uh, I'm going Washington minus three and a half here. I don't you're, love it. I, yeah, you're, you're mad right, that I'm on yeah, the same page. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, not so much that it makes me feel bad about my bet. I just thought this was going to be a bet board game and I was really excited for it to be a bet board game. Because at the end of the day, I I, I do lean with uh, Washington minus three and a half. I may have overdone how much I'm on them, to be honest, uh, because power ratings wise, it's it's definitely not a play. But I have questions about Michigan State, like you said, Will, in the secondary. And this is an overreaction because the name of the schools, the conferences that these schools play in. Both schools, by the way, played no one. We've established that so far. That doesn't matter if you played no one. What matters is how you've looked against teams, against those nobodies you've played. And uh, Michigan State... When they played Western Michigan, they were up 14-13 in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's not super impressive. So, yep. you know, but that that's also why analytics exist. And, you know, what we don't want to do is say both teams played bad teams. We make no adjustments because we really don't know who they are, right? We don't want to approach games like that after two weeks, two data points. What we want to say is, okay, <laughs> excuse me. We now know uh, that they blew these teams out with the opportunity, which is a good, a check. 
And we also learned a ton about their offense, defense, pace, their theories, their players, their efficiency. So there's a lot that's been put on the table despite these early uh, easy schedules. Now, Washington is showing talent that everyone last year, including myself, thought they had. Remember all the hype, Phil Steele, breakout team of the year. I had them competing for the Pac-12, right? Maybe that was more Jimmy Lake than anything because they get rid of him, get a real coach in there who can actually coach. I think Kalen uh, DeBoer is very, very good offensively. He took Fresno, okay, Fresno State, from 79th offensive efficiency to 9th in one season. Yep. In a couple games with Washington, he's taken them from 111th offensive efficiency to 12th. Now, I know it's only two games, but this is a really good offensive mind who has a good quarterback finally. I think Washington's very underrated here. Now, three and a half is getting up there. I know it's moved, but uh, I would lean Washington three and a half here. Now, <coughs> Michigan State, I'm going to get some water after this, guys. My little COVID cough creeping back in here. Um <laughs> Michigan State is a very good team. Okay, we know that. And I actually think they are underrated in, in terms of a rushing team. Their rushing efficiency, very good. And they loaded up in the offseason with some good transfers. I think Mel Tucker is going to be one of the best uh, transfer acquisition coaches in college football. Mm. Very, very good coach. And he's got a lot of good talent in there. But it's just a tough place for him. You know, on the road, uh, the, the, the West Coast. By the way. Michigan State is 3-7 and seven, straight up, both straight up and against the spread. Their last 10 games against the Pac-12 goes back to like yep. 2002. So it's not like they dominate in these spots either. Uh, I lean Washington minus 3.5. I'll make it a bet, and I'm with you, Will. I'm going to go get some water. I'll be right back. Yeah, and look, I, I totally agree. It's the other thing, too, you know, we've all talked about it a lot, um, that we think Mel Tucker is a really good big game head coach, but he has struggled in big games on the road. I mean, last year they, they lose at Purdue. Uh, they get blown out at Ohio State, and for them to go to what is a tough spot at at uh, Washington, um, I don't love this at all for for Michigan State, and so I'm glad that we're both on – I'm glad that we're both on the Huskies, and not to toot my own horn. I mean, I, you mentioned it, Tyler – uh, you mentioned it like a minute ago about how last year there was all the hype about talent about uh, Washington. Not to toot my own horn, if you go back and listen to our preseason shows from last year, I called it and said that Jimmy Lake is in over his head and they were going to struggle despite their talent. You so, did, and I think I, I was just, more focused on the Ricky Lake show when you said that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Smitty, Smitty. So we're both on on uh, the Huskies uh, minus three and a half. Uh, Smitty, your pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Michigan State. I think Mel Tucker is just that good of a coach. I know, wow. you, can, you know, give me the uh, the Pac-12 stats, but, you know, he showed up in big games when he was at Colorado. He showed up in big games at Michigan State. Um, obviously, Big Ten to me is is, is a better conference, but um, as much as I uh, I feel about the guy, I think I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Michigan State here. A Smitty Betboard game. You'd just love <laughs> oh, to love see it. it. <laughs> um, next game up, UTSA, the, the Roadrunners of University of Texas, San Antonio, going to Austin to the real University of Texas. Yes. The, the Longhorns, I believe, currently 12.5-point favorite. Is that, yeah, 12.5. It's come down all the way from 14. I bet this. I already bet this game, and I don't love it right now. I bet UTSA plus 14 <laughs> at the open, Will. Well, why wouldn't you love it? You got great value now. Plus, no, no, no. fourteen. I don't love it now for the audience at twelve and a half. Right? This, this I is see. One of you those, loved it at fourteen. Yeah, this is one of those rub it in the audience faces. Maybe we should do that like once a week. I'll post a bet I have, like Tyler's bet that you wish you could have, or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, the I, value bet. Yeah, like every week, there's probably like five or six bets that I have that are just so laughably gone. So maybe the I'll start nana, posting that. Nana, like, boo boo. Yeah. I I got it at a better number yeah, than you, you did. You think that'd be okay? You think people would hate us for that? 
Um, I mean, I don't know about hate. They might, they might be annoyed, maybe, but who maybe knows? It's, maybe, maybe it's not a good idea after all. It's a bit of a brag, but I'm not going to, I mean, look, I, it's, it's a fun thing to have. I'm glad that you have that in your pocket it is. because look, the money has floated on UTSA here enough to bring this number down. And it's not because they think that Texas is bad. I mean, we all saw how Texas played last, last week against Alabama, but there's a lot of factors in here. First of all, I mentioned at the start of the show, Sark saying avoid the rat poison. Like that's a real thing. Yeah. They lost to Alabama, but now Texas is back. The hype is back, right? They almost beat number one Alabama at home. Um, that's concerning for the Texas players who were humbled, greatly humbled last year. And now maybe uh, how much that creeps back into them as far as, as, as thinking, you know, or, or staying hungry and staying humble, not to mention, obviously Quinn Ewers, he's out four to six weeks and Hudson Carr, there's rumors that he might not even play in this game because he got, he injured his ankle or his foot or whatever. So bad against Alabama. It may be the third string quarterback. who I don't even know who this person is. It's not Arch Manning. He's not there yet. And so that's concerning to me. I do think that Texas, um, their defense is greatly improved, obviously, but again, it's, you know, how much of that, how much do they just throw into a heavy game plan for Alabama that isn't something we're going to be able to see week to week, right? Going back and forth. Well, and, and how much and of that was Alabama, you know, can potentially for sure. underachieving. Yeah. Absolutely. Alabama did not play a good game. And this UTSA team, while they're certainly not Alabama, they're dangerous. I mean, they almost took down uh, Houston week one. Uh, they're a flashy team. They can score some points. They're not afraid to, to play up in competition. And especially when you talk about an in-state thing where UTSA is never going to get the kind of shine that Texas gets, uh, you know, they would just love to play spoiler here. And even though the numbers come down, you know, look, I don't, I don't love it. I, I, I don't certainly don't want to, run to bet on UTSA now, especially considering we don't know what the action, you know, if, if later in the week we find out who's, who the starting quarterback is, I may be more inclined to, to, you know, make a strong bet here. I think as things stand right now, I would lean Texas minus 12 and a half if it stays under 13. Um, but I, I'm very nervous about it, especially not knowing what the quarterback situation is like. Yeah, I don't buy Texas not being flat for this game. This whole thing about rat poison, it's adorable. It's good headlines. It's so <laughs> funny in the press conference. But you remember what happened last time Nick Saban said the whole rat poison line? They lost 34-18 in the championship game. It doesn't matter what yep. you say about rat poison or you don't want your players. They're kids. They don't understand you know, the whole idea. That's why up games and down games and fade situations in, in, in you know uh, uh, that's why that exists is because these are younger athletes who often haven't gone sure. through this before in Texas I mean this is probably the highest that Texas uh, you know faithful has felt collectively in, in a couple of years I know every, there's always like some static right last year they opened up with some hype there's always this Texas back but that lost Alabama although a loss that has Austin buzzing a lot of For hype sure. around Austin right now. Everyone telling these guys how good they are, how good they can be, off of a loss. Okay, so you've got one team, in my opinion, going the wrong direction. doesn't matter what kind of rat poison quotes we get from the coach. That's never really worked before anyway, even for Saban. And we get UTSA, one of the most underrated teams in the country. I'm already 1-0 betting on them this year. And this is literally the biggest game in UTSA history. Okay, that means a lot. It's in-state. They're going to have a decent amount of fans there. I think that... I, as I said, I did have, have this uh, plus 14. I'm not going to mention that all the time for these bets, but I loved it at plus 14 on the open, by the way. That's why you got to be there. But uh, 12 and a half, pretty much a pass for me. It's a dead number. Uh, I get a 13. I lean UTSA again, but I think it's a really good spot for the Roadrunners. More uh, underrated UTSA's offense than any other kind of part of this handicap. They can score. They can move the football. 
I just wonder, can they switch their game plan up enough? Maybe they can, maybe they can't, but you know, Texas is probably going to score points too here, right? UTSA is going to give up some, some yards. Uh, what For does sure. Texas do in the red zone? It's going to be a big, important uh, factor here. And then does UTSA slow the football down, try and run a little bit more than average? It's a, lot, a lot of ways this can go, but UTSA, man, I'm telling you, this is going to be a, a very good spot for them. And if things go the right way, if we're into halftime and it's close, get through the third quarter and it's close, which ex- which happens all the time, you know, they may look at being a live uh, upset contender, you know, uh, what's it called? The upset alert uh, in the fourth quarter. Upset so, alert. Yeah, I'm on Absolute, UTSA up- this game. Upset contender, uh, Smitty. Well, uh, Smitty, what's your pick? Yeah, I, I got UTSA as well. Um, I, just a lot of questions with, um, you know, possible letdown after a huge game against the number one team in the country. Um, questions about their quarterback. I mean, obviously, both teams are beaten up, but I would expect Texas to be a little bit more. Even their healthy guys that are going to play after coming off a week against Alabama, you never know. Um, so yeah, I like the Roadrunners, twelve and a half. Yeah, and actually, there's some other rumors kind of floating out there that aren't as quite as popular that Bijan Robinson may have uh, injured himself in the in the Bama game as well, and and uh, it's it's less popular. There's rumors he may not play in this game. To me, I, I'd want to see Texas commit to the run game because really they didn't do that much against Alabama because it didn't work from a game flow standpoint, and especially if if they're having an unhealthy quarterback or a third string quarterback, they need to commit to the run game. Sure. Uh, it's definitely all about if Texas comes out flat, right? If, if Sark continues to motivate them, we saw last year they did a really bad job of letting one loss turn into two, turn it two, turn into three. Eventually they had right. six losses in a row. That almost to me, while it should be concerning, it's actually, I think it bodes better for Texas because Sark can go to that locker room and actually they'll listen when he says, Hey, you can't, you know, get, uh, get you know too overhyped about our performing performance against Alabama. You have to stay motivated, or else the same thing is going to happen last year. But but, so, don't, but don't you think that even if it happened last year, he's going to go in there and say, guys, you know, uh, uh, it, it's Alabama. We can't let this happen. Look what happened last year. We got to focus up. We've got UTSA coming in here. We've got you know that's it's so different when it's UTSA because it, even if it's like an out of state, that's one thing. I'm sure Texas looks at UTSA way below them because it's for sure. the University of Texas at San Antonio. So that doesn't help. And the other thing that, does, that doesn't help is they open up Big Twelve play the week after. Go on the road to Texas yep. Tech, and I'm not too concerned with about their matchup with Texas Tech, but. Now at this point in the season, it's Big 12 or bust, right, for Texas. So you got to look ahead game next week, opening up Big 12 play, a spot they haven't lost in five years, their first Big 12 game. Coming off the Alabama game, I just think it's a very, very bad spot for Texas. Well, yeah, and and, and to that point, I mean, you just said Big 12 or bust. You just lost to the number one team. What a season crumbler if you lose to UTSA this week. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 That pretty much kicks you out of the playoff. Yeah. Tyler, you're not willing to make this a bet board? No, not... You're not no. willing to take take UTSA 12 and a half? <laughs> I can't risk losing a bet board game at 12 and a half where I have a ticket in my pocket for 14. I, I just can't well, do that. You're not going to lose any money. This is just the bet board, Tyler. Well, you know how much I want to win this bet you've board. Got the winning, you've got the winning ticket. That, that competitiveness so. does not fade for the bet board. I, I want to win this thing. All right, fair enough. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take the Longhorns minus 12 and a half. Um... Last game on our list, Texas A&M playing Miami at home here. So it's at A&M. Uh, A&M currently a five-point favorite with the Hurricanes coming in. Of course, horrible loss last week to Appalachian State. Uh, Miami, who has had a lot of preseason hype in the ACC, 
hasn't really played that convincingly in my opinion. And it'd be one thing if Texas A&M had, had got a win or a convincing win against A&M here where I would feel like they might be on upset alert, but for them to get what was a super embarrassing loss to App State at home last all right, sorry, technical difficulties. We're we're back, Will. You you pause. Yeah, I mean, look, it very embarrassing loss for A and M, and I think that actually can work in a motivating factor for them. You know, um, it's I think things could go bad for A and M, or I think that this could be like a turnaround moment for them, and not enough to go and win the SEC or anything like that. But for to motivate the players and motivate Jimbo Fisher, and I'd be more inclined to bet Miami here if they hadn't come out, if A&M wasn't coming off this embarrassing loss. And ultimately Miami just hasn't been that convincing for, for what, you know, a lot of people expect them to be. A lot of people pick them to win the ACC this year to be, you know, kind of an under the radar team. Tyler Van Dyke has been solid. He hasn't been gangbusters amazing. And, and I'm worried about their, you know, their ability to, to run the ball effectively against a good team. And I do think that despite you know, Texas A&M's issues on offense. They have a really good defense. I think that you're going to see uh, a, a Texas A&M, a Kyle Field, I believe is what it is. They're going to be loud and motivated in a big game coming off to, to prove to everyone that that loss to App State, you know, was, was likely a fluke. And so uh, five points is a lot for a team that, that again, I think, um, you know, was certainly overhyped and lost that game. But I think all the betting public is going to be all over Miami here. So I'm going to take... The Aggies minus five. Um, interesting. I, I lean Aggies this game, and uh, at first I was pretty strong on A uh, and M, and then I came off them a bit because I just think A and M is so overrated. They may be the most overrated team every year for the last five years. I mean, here's their record every year since Jimbo got there: nine and four, eight and five, nine and one in 2020, and last year eight and four, and then this year they're one and one. I mean, yeah, the record hasn't been great, but to give, I mean, it, it is the SEC West ultimately, right? That's that's not they've played some really brutal schedules in all of those years. I understand that, but that's not how we talk about them. That's not how we look at them. That's not how right. they started the season as a national title contender in a lot of people's eyes, right? A lot of people looked at them as the second best team in the SEC. So that's what I mean right. is we put them on that level right behind Alabama when they're probably on that level with like Arkansas and Mississippi State. And that may right. sound outrageous and crazy because they win the offseason and they get the headlines and get the recruits, but it hasn't turned yep. into anything so far. So this is a very, very overrated team. Uh, Miami, they've looked good so far, you know, but they're, Miami, this is a uh, X's and O's thing. Their key so far has been speed in space, right? That's kind of what their new offensive coordinator, uh, Josh Gaddis, emphasizes. And they've had players who have done so. Henry, Henry Paris Jr., 205 yards, four TDs, high efficiency. Thaddeus Franklin, 100, 150 yards, three touchdowns. Very good tandem in the backfield. They have speed on the outside. But that doesn't beat AM. That's not a good matchup against right. AM, especially an AM team that's going to be fighting their asses off after an embarrassing loss. So this is just a spot for AM. It's a spot play. It's an X's and O's play because Miami doesn't match up very well. And everything just kind of pours into AM, I think, being the right side here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm on the same side. Smitty, where do you come out? Um, yeah, this is a tough one for me. I, I think. Um, I don't, I just don't have a lot of faith in Jimbo offenses. Um, I don't, I don't think that we've really seen much out of it. I think their defenses always play um, above what they're expected to. Um, but I'm going to take Miami in this one. All right. I love it. He's on the Canes. Another Smitty bet board. It's, it's incredible. What if coming Smitty in just, hot, 
<laughs> Smitty just comes out and just dominates the bat ball. Oh, the I, I, I would not expect that, but I, here we go. I would love it. Uh, well, quick <laughs> I, recap. I, of, I, do, I do have of, one more uh, game to add. One more best bet that wasn't on our breakdown. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Another best bet of mine is uh, going to be uh, Maryland minus two and a half uh, against SMU. Uh, I think that Maryland so far, you look at uh, uh, Tug of Iola, he's averaging almost 11 yards per attempt. I think he's really going to stretch SMU secondary. Uh, SMU so far, X's and O's wise, I'm not impressed with the, what they're able to do, even though, you know, good on defense, but they forced five turnovers. And as we know, that's not a repeatable process, especially against the awful teams that they played so far. So SMU's being propped up right here, just like I've talked about Houston earlier, right? You look at X, like, factors outside the score and it's like oh that's why Houston's being hyped up the same thing here with SMU's defense are they good yes they had a good season so far of course but are they as good as being advertised I don't think so right. at all so I think my uh, Maryland here at home gonna stretch the field gonna really make SMU uncomfortable I do see some points being scored here but uh, Maryland minus two and a half another best bet of the weekend for me love it love it okay I'll, I'll recap my bets really quick um, the the following bets let's see I got uh Florida State minus two and a half, Georgia minus 24, uh, Oklahoma minus 10 and a half, Cal plus 11, Penn State minus 11, um, BYU plus three and a half, Kansas plus eight and a half, Mississippi State minus two, uh, Washington minus three and a half, Texas minus 12 and a half, and AM <laughs> minus five. All right. And for my games, I've got, uh, let's see here, Florida State minus two and a half. I've got, uh, well, I'm not giving out UTSA. Um, my you leaned, you leaned my Nebraska, but, but wasn't no, no, a bet, the, right? No, no, yeah, these are just my bets. Um, so we're going Florida State two and a half, uh, Auburn plus three, uh, Mississippi State minus two and a half, and uh, Maryland minus two and a half. Mississippi State is minus two currently, I think, as well. So There you uh, go, even better. Uh, perfect. And the bet board game, we have uh, bet board P- game. Penn State Auburn. Yes, so, Penn State Auburn uh, do is it. the bet board game. Perfect. Uh, listen, uh, thank you guys for listening as always. I know I keep saying it. Help us out. Give us a five-star review on whatever app you're listening on. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod uh, at inst- uh, on Instagram at College Football Tailgate. Thank you guys as always for listening. We'll see you next week.